Welcome to Accent of the Podcast, where the audience gets to hear a real conversation from real people who use real English. It might sound ordinary, but the stories the guests share are extraordinary. Each episode features an interview with someone who has a distinct English accent, which will help with your English comprehension in the real world. In this week's episode, we'll be speaking to Pete from the Aussie English Podcast. G'day and welcome back to Accented. Now, for those of you who haven't ever heard the term g'day, it's an Australian word to say hello. Basically, it's just a shortened form of good day, g'day. So today I am super pumped to interview Pete from the Aussie English Podcast. So today's episode is all about the Australian accent and hopefully I have put more of an Australian accent on for you during this interview. Now Pete is from Victoria, which is a state in Australia. I'm currently living in New South Wales in Sydney and he is down there in Geelong, uh, which is just outside of Melbourne. I guess uh, the two biggest cities in Australia are Melbourne and Sydney. There is a little bit of rivalry between the two. And Pete has been running his podcast for the last five years. And basically, he talks about all things Australian and all the slang that we use. So we are going to have a bit of a chinwag with Pete. Now, a chinwag is another Australian term to say that we're going to have a bit of a chat. So Pete and I discuss all things Australian, which was a lot of fun for me. So get ready to hear a lot of new words, Australian words like Barbie, which is short for barbecue, thongs, which are flip-flops, they're shoes that we wear, and ute. Oh my goodness, the ute. It's a very, um, it's a utility truck. Us Aussies love to shorten words. So here it is. Enjoy the show. Today I am speaking with Aussie Pete, who has a really awesome podcast for new immigrants or anybody coming to Australia who wants to understand Australian English. Thanks for joining me, Pete. Man, my pleasure. How's it going? Yeah, good. I've actually been really excited about this interview because I get to probably put on more of an Australian accent. Yeah, I was just thinking I probably need to turn it up a bit, right? And be like, G'day, how's it going? You know, <laughs> you know, I just called my dad and I listened to his um, voicemail this afternoon and he says, G'day. And I was like, wow, I've never noticed that before. It's quite cool. Yeah, it is pretty funny when you start noticing the way that you speak because obviously both of us doing podcasts and teaching English and everything, we probably analyze our own speech patterns quite often. And I think I turned it up. As soon as I started podcasting, all of a sudden I was paying a lot more attention to dropping slang terms and expressions more often than not. I think I've never said g'day as often as I do now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think my accent is like I have, it's more neutral. Because we teach English, but then I don't know. What do you think? 
I, I went down the same path. I think mine changed though when I moved to Melbourne to study at university because all of a sudden I was surrounded with a lot more foreigners. So I went I um went to high school in a town or city called Geelong, which is the second biggest city in Victoria in the southeast of Australia. And then I moved to Melbourne, which is the capital of Victoria, you know, as opposed to Geelong, which has maybe 300,000 people nowadays. Melbourne's more like four or five million now. So it's almost the size of Sydney. And I remember Melbourne University, where I did my bachelor's, master's and PhD, is probably now more than 50% foreign students. And I noticed that my accent definitely became more I don't want to say receive pronunciation British, but it probably moved from general Australian to a little bit more cultivated because you would often have discussions with people or interactions with people where you would use slang or expressions they wouldn't know and you'd have to keep repeating yourself. And so it's sort of this um, positive feedback of people get confused with certain things you say or the accent that you've put on and so you reduce it to be understood more clearly and then 10 years later, when I moved back to Ocean Grove, um, which is near Geelong, where, my, where I was brought up, I noticed that my accent was definitely um, more neutral than it was in the past when I was a teenager. But ever since doing the Australian, the Aussie English podcast and teaching Australian English, it's kind of gone back to a more general accent because I guess I noticed that it was more neutral and I was like, ah, screw that. You know, I've got to turn it back on and, and give people the treatment because they have they, they they found it too easy to understand me so they were sort of like come on you know speak more like an Aussie <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because when um I lived over in France with my husband and when we came back he was like what happened to your like the way you speak he reckons I just we arrived here and then within a week I was saying things like yes yeah, sweet as <laughs> yeah like, where yeah. is this English <laughs> Well, I think the same thing would happen to me and my wife, Kel, if we went to Brazil. So she's from Maranhão, which is in the northeast of Brazil. If we went back there, I think her Portuguese would actually change from how it's how she uses it now. So she uses a lot of language that is sort of neutral Portuguese from Brazil that's used everywhere in Brazil. But if we were to go to Maranhão, she would use probably a lot more slang that I know they use there and a lot more of the the more specific terms, right? So I think it would be the same for me. If I went to America, I would probably have to drop the Aussie slang straight away, especially for nouns. If I was going to say things like Barbie or thongs or cops or, you know, whatever it is, ute, I, I would have to drop that pretty quickly because no one would understand it. And so it is funny with Kel and I, we, we only speak Portuguese at home. And I know that her Portuguese has changed because I talk to her family at times and they're always like, you, your accent's different and you don't use the same words that you used to use. You know, there's, there's a slight difference in pronouns that, they, that she won't say to instead of um, você. She'll use that all the time. Um, so, yeah, it, it's interesting how the language changes depending on your, your surroundings, right? Yeah, no, I, my English, even um, living in France and the English speakers, that I was talking to, they didn't understand what I was saying. These were American, like Americans <laughs> and Canadians. I can remember saying yep. to a friend, oh, I'll come around and I'll prank you. And she was like, yep. she put it into context and she was like, does prank mean to ring me up and hang up? Yep. I was like, yeah. Prank call, 100%, exactly. But it's funny how I think too before I started teaching 
English on the Aussie English podcast, a lot of the words that are slang that I know now are slang, I just thought were how you say things. Like you, it takes, it, it's, it's funny that it, it kind of takes you teaching the language to realize, oh, this isn't general English. This is very, you know, sort of part of the dialect of Australian English. So things like, you know, I'll prank you or even Barbie or the servo, right? Oh, I'm just going to go to the servo and get some petrol for the car. I would say something like that and it would throw even Americans or British people off and they'd be like, what the hell is a servo? Are you talking about tennis? Like what? And you just take it for granted, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's so many. Jumper. Like... Yeah. No one knew what a jumper was or um I Well and that doesn't even feel like slang, right? That's just the term we use. No, no exactly. <laughs> but you know, one that was crazy is I started working at a school in Paris and there was only one other Aussie teacher who was there. So you get used to changing your words like mm. saying candy instead of lollies and you know, just all these things. And I said yeah. something like capsicum. And she went, oh, my goodness, <laughs> I haven't heard that word in ages. And then I find oh, out. Oh, pepper. <laughs> yeah, but even the British people don't know what capsicum is. I'm pretty sure we are the yeah. only country that uses that word. Yeah, it is weird with that, right? Because if you were to say pepper to me, I would think you were talking about a chili or something or, yeah. or pepper the spice, you know, instead of, instead of the uh, vegetable. But... I think it's weird, right? Because Americans use pepper and then I think British people say courgette or something or is that for cucumber or zucchini? Yeah, There's no, a that, few of those no, weird ones. where zucchini. they zucchini, yeah. Uh, they use weird ones for the French. They use the French terms, right? Like um, is it yeah. aubergine and courgette for, yeah, zucchini and for eggplant, whereas we use yeah. zucchini, which is the Italian word for some reason, and broccoli, which is probably the Italian one as well. Yeah, but no, that's... It is funny how language evolves. I know, but capsicum, doesn't that sound like a Latin word? Like wouldn't that, I don't know, like I could be wrong, but it just sounds more scientific than peppers. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I think I looked it up once. I think it might have to do with, um, ironically, the chemical. I think it's called capsicum or or something that is the spicy aspect of um, chilies and capsicums are like, they are part of the chili group of vegetables, but they they almost are devoid of any hotness or, or spiciness, right? So it's it's strange that we use that word to talk about, yeah, capsicum. I love how you know that about capsicums. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you'll get there. Just wait until you've done, you know, 600 episodes on, on Australian English. You start learning all these random facts about the expressions and slang and, and terms that we use. <laughs> Again, I know you've got about 600 episodes, which is crazy. When did you start the podcast? Uh, 2015, I think, was the year I started. So to give you the story there, I I went on a big weight loss um, sort of binge after I had a breakup at the end of my master's degree. And uh, it was one of those situations where I used to be very fit. I got into a relationship and she wasn't very into sport or anything. And so we would just eat all the time, but not be very active. So I put on a lot of weight. We broke up. I wanted to get sort of back back um, to what I, was, I used to be like, you know, boost my confidence. I started um, walking and running heaps, lost a heap of weight and then went to an MMA gym because I wanted to do weights, but also use my body for something. And I thought I'll try MMA or jujitsu. 
And I ended up doing jiu-jitsu. I really like that because I'm not much of a fan of being punched in the face. <laughs> and so <laughs> um, I started meeting in Melbourne, obviously, loads of foreigners. So there would have been more foreigners at that gym doing jiu-jitsu, uh, Muay Thai, boxing and MMA than there were, uh, quote-unquote, Australians, you know, so Caucasians or whoever had been raised in Australia with an Aussie accent. So having learnt French at high school for six years, I decided, you know, I'm sort of embarrassed being an Aussie who only speaks English fluently, so I'll start studying um, a foreign language and I might as well start with French because at least I have a background in it. And I got really sucked into the podcast called Francais Authentique um, by Johan Techfac. And it's a, a really good podcast similar to mine. I based mine off his um, for sort of intermediate to advanced learners of English where they get to sort of learn expressions, but also learn about the culture of France and hear natural French. He doesn't really read off a script or, you know, speak slowly. He just talks normally and teaches you at the same time. And I remember telling a bunch of my French friends there at the gym, you know, if you're having trouble with English, just find a podcast like Francais Authentique. There must be heaps in English, right? You know, it's the most popular language that's being learnt as a foreign language. And they said there was nothing out there. So having done a little bit of podcasting when I was doing my science degree, I just thought, well, I can probably do what Johan is doing at Francais Authentique. I'll just start a podcast and focus it on Aussie English and thought, you know, did a search, found some pages that listed Aussie expressions and slang and was like, all right, well, there's a few hundred terms here. So that's a, a couple of episodes. And uh, yeah, here we are, 649 episodes later. Wow, that's that's huge. And, uh, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> how many episodes do you do a week? Uh, it, it ranges between probably at least one, but this week I've done four already. So it just depends, right? Because the good thing about doing a language podcast is that you can do everything from like an hour and a half long interview with someone to, you know, a three minute episode explaining one slang term in Australian English or, you know, maybe describing a an expression. So I'm sort of a chaotic kind of creator when it comes to content for the podcast. And I, I do have a few sort of formats that I follow consistently, but I like to sort of just do random things whenever I feel the inspiration. And um, as soon as I create something, I generally just post it straight to the podcast. So how, like, so you, you spawned this podcast from foreigners meeting them and mm -hmm. there being nothing out there. So, and now yep. you have a language school. Well, it's an online um, school, I guess, where I have, I, I create content to go with the podcast to help people dive further into Australian history and culture whilst also, you know, leveling up their English. So I just, I guess I, when I started, I was, I was only sort of giving lessons to listeners. You know, I would advertise saying I can do some advanced conversation sort of classes because I don't really like considering myself a teacher. I'm not qualified to teach English outside of qualifications in so far as I create the podcast and online content, but I've never done any courses in teaching or degrees in teaching at all. Um, but yeah, I just started creating content for people to really use themselves ultimately and to just try and make it fun to so that they can learn more about Australian culture, the way that we speak, uh, about our history, and hopefully integrate more easily into 
you know, life in Australia when they get here because it seemed like there was barely any content out there. It was always British or American English and very, very little focus on Australian history and culture and news and current affairs and everything. Yeah, that's true. There isn't, um, yeah, I guess I'm an English teacher myself and I'm always saying to the students, this is American English or this is British English. The people I tend to catch in my net tend to be people hoping to migrate here or who have, you know, come here to study or to travel or to live, set up life. And they want to get much more specific when it comes to their English because they want to fit in. You know, it's not just about getting a a broad English uh, ability of speaking the language and getting a job anywhere. It's I want to fit in in my community. I want to fit in at work. I want to have an understanding of the culture that I'm adopting. Mm. And you do this full time, your podcast and yep. your wow. Thank you for coming on the show and having a chat to us about your Aussie podcast. It is awesome. I love listening to it because, as you said, as an Australian, you speak and you don't even think about the words. Um, and th- there's just so much. I even remember being at a school and the kids were going uh, a bit mental, and the principal said, all right, you're all going to town. And I'm just like, going to town? I have no <laughs> idea what that means. So it's, we need, yeah. we need... You take those things for granted, right? You don't realize how much of it. I was going to say before, before we finish, check out the book, The Story of Australian English by Kel Richards, if you guys get a chance. Um, because, yeah, it is really interesting to see how the different areas of Australian history have been affected the creation of Australian English, you know. So we have like flash language from the convicts that came over on the first fleet. We have language from the goldfields. We have language from the First and Second World War. And then we have more modern language, you know, like selfie or something that's come more recently. But it's all there, you know. It's it's really interesting wow. how history has such an effect on, on language. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Pete. And, um, yeah, if you want to have a listen, check out Aussie Podcasts. And uh, yeah, it's really the Aussie good, English uh, podcast. You Aussie got English it. podcast. Sorry, the Aussie English You're podcast. Good. You've got to get it right because now there's so many English podcasts out there. But uh, yeah, you'll see Pete's face on the logo. That's it. That's how you know it's a good one. There's a bald guy. So <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, cool. but um, Thanks. thank you so much for having me, Kim. No worries. All right, see you. Bye. It was fascinating listening to Pete uh, chat about his podcast and his thoughts on English. I actually could speak to him for hours. So I am telling you to go after this episode and listen to the Aussie English podcast. It is amazing. And he goes through so many Australian things we say, but not even just Australian Uh, Our culture has definitely taken on some things from America, from England, and it's really good exposure for you to listen to so many different English accents or, well, like this podcast, which has different English accents, but learn about different cultures that use English uh, because we've all used it English in different ways. Let me go over some phrases that were used in the podcast. Pete says to turn it up a bit at the start. And when you say turn it up a bit, it means 
to make it more prominent and he wanted to make more prominent his Aussie accent so he was going to turn it up a bit Um, or sometimes people might even say to you, oh, turn it up a bit, like that's a bit, you're you're exaggerating. I also mentioned the phrase going to town. Now, sometimes you'll hear people go, when they're talking about their kids, if their kids are a bit crazy, oh my goodness, my kids were going to town today. It means that they were just being crazy and just, yeah, off the wall, which is another one that um, you can say off the wall is to be a bit crazy. So going to town. Oh, they were going to town today. Thanks for listening to another episode of Accented the Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Law. Accented is released on the 15th and 30th of each month. You can also view a transcript of this interview by looking at the show's notes or visit kimslawofenglish.com. Remember, keep on studying because she'll be right.